Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Leo Effects. Today I am joined by a very special guest. She's got a movie coming out here soon that we're going to tell you about. Not to drop too many secrets or anything like that, but we definitely want to get you know, some uh, coverage on it. And I think that it's a great movie and y'all are really going to like it. But please allow me to introduce my guest for tonight, Kurta Schlarbaum. How are you? Hey, Ray, I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me on the program. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so my listeners are probably wondering, you know, about this movie that's coming out and about yourself. So I think we'll dive right into it and we'll we'll get that all squared away. Can you tell my listeners first off, like, what is it that you're known for? Okay, well, um, I'm probably what you call a, a newbie in, in the industry, even though I was a background actor for, for five years. Um, they say that the amount of time that they usually last is a year, but I lasted a little longer. And uh, I worked on lots and lots of shows. I worked, uh, my very first one was Mike and Molly. I worked on House, uh, Parenthood, Medium, Grey's Anatomy, um, Harry's Law, Big Love, Parks and Rec. I could go on and on. I mean, I, I had a great time as a background actor. I have uh, lots of funny stories and and uh, good memories. But once I got my SAG card, things changed. And I found out how nice it was to um, eat real food with the principals and uh, <laughs> not have to sit in holding hour after hour after hour. But um, when things really started to move was when I was uh, asked uh, to do uh, a show with David C. Smith, who is director of photography. And it was for a show called Punk Payback. And uh, with, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the wrestler, his name is Boss Rutten. Yeah. Does that sound yeah. familiar? Yeah. Well, I did, I did a program with him. I had a, I had a fun part. And then um, David called on me later to join him in a uh, pilot called Dive. And um, I had a really great part with a, a wonderful actor by the name of Blake Heron. And Blake was a childhood star. I, he did the 
the um, movie Shiloh when he was a little boy. Do you remember oh, that movie? I do, yeah. So I, I instantly had a, a, I don't know, some kind of um, thing with Blake in that he reminded me so much of my own son and uh, I really liked him. But, it, but a really nice thing that happened was I met one of the producers. His name is um, David Maccabee. And David and I became fast friends. And uh, I had written a story uh, for the love of Jesse. And uh, I took it to one uh, director slash producer writer in hopes that he would like it. And he said, yeah, he said, this is just way too cheesy. Oh, my and gosh. I, oh, okay. So, yeah. So I took it to David uh, Maccabee. And David said, I love it. Let's write it. So, that was how the beginning of For the Love of Jesse happened. We started to write it together. That's amazing. What was it that uh, made you decide to become an actor in the first place? Uh, I'm a ham. It kind <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, I was one of those kids. I was in tap and ballet. And, and uh, you know, once I got in school and there was drama club, I was in that. And then as an adult, I, I, um, took one of my boys, tried to get him into the into show business. He wasn't very interested that I was one of those stage moms, you know. Mm-hmm. And finally I said, oh, heck with the heck with trying to get my kid in the business. I'll just take acting classes. So I took um, uh, stage and then I went into commercial acting and, and uh, I just liked it. I, I love being on a set. I'm kind of like Lucille Ball, you know. I, I, I get on a movie set and I, I go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Star. <laughs> Which, you know, is a real no-no. It's right. a real no-no when you're a background. I mean, <laughs> you're not supposed to talk to them. You're not supposed to look at them. Uh, nothing. And uh, I think almost every single show I was on, I wound up always talking to somebody. Sometimes I get in trouble. Other times the, the principals would engage me in a conversation and, And I loved it. You know, I was starstruck. (laughs) Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that at all. (laughs) Oh, no. I I loved it. I've had some some fun times at being a background actor. And and just um, the whole thing about being on a movie set is just magical. It really is. That's cool. Well, I think I'd like to kind of move into talking more about For the Love of Jesse. I mean, since this was kind of your brainchild, I'd really like to know a little bit more about it. And and my main, I mean, without obviously giving too much away, but my main first question is like, what what's the plot? What's the, the you know, synopsis? Well, um, before I got into um, acting, I worked for um, 20 some odd years um, for an OBGYN and uh, it was a doctor in uh, Orange County. His name was Dr. Edward C. Schumann. And he was one of the most wonderful people that I've ever met. He was a brilliant doctor, delivered thousands of babies. When I worked for him, I used to go on deliveries with him. And when we worked together, um, cause I was his assistant in the office. Anytime, anything unusual, Hey, come here, let me show you this. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do a surgery. You got to come with me. He was wonderful. And he was the inspiration of my, my doctor in my, in the movie, Dr. Luke, uh, Matthews. And, um, when it came time to think of what would be the most awful thing that could happen to a pregnant woman, naturally it's the, it's the death 
of a baby. And so I talked with Dr. Schumann and I said, what would be the most unusual thing that would cause a woman to, to die during childbirth? And it was a, an amniotic embolism. And this was the premise of my story was this Dr. Matthews, who is about to become a father himself, uh, his wife and a patient are due, they have the same due dates, but they both delivered their babies the same day, but they both have different outcomes. Mm. One loses her baby, the other dies herself. So that's where we get started. Wow. And how, how does your character fit into all this? Well, um, besides the fact that I'm, I'm the executive producer and, and writer, um, I played a, um, a pretty nice part. I, I play Nurse Michelle, <laughs> who is Dr. Dr. Matthews' um, mother figure. I Around the, the medical office, I kind of rule things, tell everybody what to do, especially him. <laughs> and uh, it was it was a lovely part. I, I had a great time doing it. I, I absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Do you think you portrayed your character how you envisioned her when you wrote the story? Yeah, I do. Uh, she she is a motherly type, and of course, you know, I'm a mother to three kids. And um, besides Adrian Barbeau, who was fabulous, I was the next oldest on set, so I I, I filled the role of an older an older woman, a, a mom figure, a grandmother, um, kind of a nurse ratchet, I guess you could say, only on the <laughs> nice side. <laughs> <laughs> and of the other actors, you think they portrayed their characters the way you envisioned them as well? Well, in the very beginning, uh, as I had mentioned, that the young uh, man, Blake Heron, that I met on the, on the set of uh, the pilot called Dive, David Maccabay and I actually wrote the script for him to be Luke Matthews. Mm. Uh, David was very good friends with Blake and had worked with him before. And I, I was just, yes, let's do it. The thing about Blake was he always played a bad guy. Either he played a drug addict, a criminal, um, down and out. And so when we wrote this, we, we uh, talked to him about, playing a different type of role for once, playing a doctor, a husband, and a father to a brand new baby. And he was really excited about it. He wanted to do it. But about uh, three weeks, maybe maybe four weeks before we started to, to film, Blake died. Wow. And uh, yeah, it, it was the biggest shock and the biggest heartbreak. And uh, at that point, David and I, we just kind of, what are we going to do? you know, our leading man died. And then um, three weeks before filming, uh, we have had a barrel horse that we were going to use in a barrel racing scene. Mm -hmm. And he got in a bad accident and he had to be put down. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then right before that, um, David Maccabee, the director, gets in a motorcycle, motorcycle accident. So we're thinking, you know, maybe we shouldn't make this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Holy crowley. Yeah, we were we were really feeling the full effects of Murphy's Law. But um, we got to talking and uh, we got with a casting director and we said, okay, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and try to find another, another Luke Matthews. And actually it wasn't Luke Matthews then, it was David Matthews. Mm -hmm. but when Blake died, we changed the doctor's name to Luke Matthews. We needed a new 
a new, you know, yeah. a new character. And so that was when um, we found Randy Wayne, who was um, a great choice. And uh, he had, he had big shoes to fill. He really did. And when he came in to set, most of the cast and crew were still mourning Blake Heron and uh, didn't quite know whether they were going to like Randy or not. But Randy wound up just hitting it out of the park. He was fantastic. That's beautiful. And from there, it, things kind of calmed down a little bit. Yeah, they did. Uh, between uh, Randy Wayne and Adrian Barbeau, I mean, talk about um, connections between actors. Then we had the we had wonderful uh, new actress on the scene from Australia, Mandala Rose, who is one of the most beautiful. Um, actors I, I've ever been around as far as her performance and what she gives when she performs. And then we had the wonderful um, uh, Brie Blair, who uh, you probably know of her. She's a regular on SWAT. Mm -hmm. She, even though her part was short, she gave a, a beautiful, beautiful performance. And uh, last but not least, Tony Denman. He was fantastic. He was, he played the other doctor. He played Luke Matthews' best friend. Uh, his sidekick. And uh, if you know Tony, he also was a child star who happened to be best friends with Blake Heron. And that was why he, he said yes to doing the film, as did uh, a couple of the other actors who had known Blake and said, we'll do it because we love Blake. Gotcha. But that wasn't the only thing that was uh, crazy going on around there, right? I mean, you had uh, all these people in your house at one point, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I live in Wickenburg, Arizona, sweet little town. Um, and the story calls for um, a country scene, um, kind of a uh, ranch layout. And, of course, I, I'm lucky enough, bless my husband's heart, to, to provide our home. Um, <laughs> yeah, my husband was great because he had uh, – you know, a whole cast and crew in, in our house for almost a month. And um, because I was in Arizona and David Maccabee and everybody else was in Los Angeles, I also got to put on another hat. I got to be the uh, location person. Oh. So I was all over, yeah, I was all over Wickenburg begging for, you know, for favors and, and uh, uh, locations. And everybody in the town just... They were wonderful. They they were so welcoming, and you know they they let us film in the town's Safeway, in the town's Country Club, uh, Rancho Rio Arena, where we did our big barrel racing scene. Um, we were one of the biggest things was that we were allowed to to film in a brand new surgical center at the Wickenburg Hospital. Uh, courtesy of, of Jim Tavery and uh, a very dear doctor, Dr. Dennis Baracco, who also uh, was our medical consultant on set. And along with this brand new surgical center, the nurses volunteered to be in the, the emergency scenes. So all of our, our emergency scenes are so um, on spot as far as being uh professional, ethical. Um, they are just what you would do in a, in a scene like we had. And uh, I really was impressed with how the nurses came on and just 
did a great job for us. That's beautiful. Like I've been to Arizona, so I know about Wickenburg and I got to ask, how did the town appreciate you running around with a film crew and cast and all that? Just like, you know, invading the streets. They loved it. Um, they absolutely um, loved it. The, the The town newspaper did up huge stories for us. We had one of the um, the newspapers uh, f- photographers were was you know on set taking pictures. Um, we tried to use as many of the town's locals for for background actors. Um, they were great, and um, honestly, it was. I couldn't have asked for a nicer situation to film a movie because, you know, what little I know about this, I know that sometimes finding locations can be really difficult, expensive, uh, a lot of politics involved. And we didn't have any of that. Everyone was so welcoming. Yeah, it was, I can't even say enough about the whole town and how they, they just gave us carte blanche to be able to film. <laughs> Did anybody say, "Oh was, yeah, we'll we'll let you use this location, but I get to be in it"? Uh, actually, you know, we more or less said, "If you want to be in it, you can." <laughs> and I mean, we whatever they wanted, you know, we were we were more than happy to to uh, let them be in it. If they even we had um, extras who were in it and didn't make the cut, they are still in the credits. In fact, something that is just unheard of is every single extra on the movie is in the credits. Oh my goodness. And that that's probably yeah. your, your doing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Having been a, a person, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen my name in credits, even if I was deep background and all I was, was a shadow, but um, everyone that worked on it, whether they made it, in the final cut or not, they all, they were so sweet about it when, you know, I didn't have to tell them, you know, I'm sorry, your scene didn't make it. We were, you know, we were, uh, didn't have enough time, whatever, you know, Oh, we don't care. We were just so happy to be able to be in a movie to be, you know, to be able to experience it. So yeah, they all got their names in the credits. That's so awesome of you. That's (laughs) they were awesome. You know, you can't make a movie without, without extras you just can't so they deserve you know what they deserve an award show they really do (laughs) i think that'd be pretty neat and yeah i do too (laughs) so for the for the movie the love of jesse what is it that you're hoping people take away is there some kind of message that you hope people receive or is this just something you want people to watch and enjoy Well, I think a little bit of both. Obviously, I I want people to watch it, enjoy it. So far, the people that have seen it have just praised it up and down. They love it. They love the fact that it's a feel-good movie. Um, You'll laugh, you'll cry, but there's a happy ending. Um, When we were writing it, I said to David, um, okay, we're going to do this, but I want my grandkids to be able to see it. So we're not going to do the blood, the violence, the sex, the vulgarity, we do a clean movie, you know, and, and we did it. And, and people came up to us after our premiere here at Wickenburg, um, their walk-in called the Saloro. 
And they said, thank you. It was so nice to be able to sit through a movie and not have the F-bomb thrown at you or see somebody's, you know, intestines all over the place. Yeah. It was, it was just a, a nice, a nice movie that you can watch and feel good about. And it, it's about how lives can change at the drop of a dime. You know, you can have it all and think your life is perfect. And then a single incident can happen and it can just rock your world. And that's exactly what happens in this movie. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. Say Curta's favorite scene in the movie is. Well, I have lots of them. Um, if you want to, if you're asking what scene that I like that I was in. <laughs> <laughs> all of I, them. Yeah, all, you know, I, I, I do a scene with Mandala Rose and it, it's gut-wrenching. It, it breaks your heart. That was my favorite scene with with me working mm -hmm. on it. But my favorite scene is probably, it's a very sad scene. It's between Randy Wayne and um, Mandala Rose, where they decide to spread the ashes, uh, him, his wife, and her, her baby son. And there wasn't a dry eye on the set. I oh mean, we all, we all cried. It's such a beautiful scene. It was, it was um, shot right at sunset, just right before sunset. And it was just, it was beautiful. But I have to tell you, the, the camera people, our, our director of photography, David C. Smith, he did an absolutely beautiful job of, of shooting the film. And, and his assistant, Drew, um, was just unbelievable. They just, it's a pretty film when you see it and your DVDs on the way, because I sent it to you. Oh, thank you. I you, can't wait to do a review on gonna, it. Yeah. You're going to be impressed with how pretty it is. Uh, the cin cinematography is really incredible. Oh, another favorite is the barrel racing scene. Oh, um, because my, my, my daughter, my daughter is the stand in barrel racer and it's really, it's really sweet. I oh, love it. Neat. <laughs> Well, I kind of want yeah. to kind of shift gears a little bit and get the listeners to hear a little bit more about you, if that's all right. Sure, sure. So, well, what do you want to know? Well, between all of this uh, extra work that you're doing and, and trying to be, you know, doing your executive producing, do you have time for hobbies? Well, um, we have a small ranch and... Um, you know, we've got horses, we've got dogs, we've got chickens, we've got desert tortoises. Um, we're, my husband um, is semi-retired. And um, so we, we spend a lot of time uh, working around our place. Uh, I love to ride horses. Um, I have um, a Tennessee walker that I'm crazy about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all I have to do is just walk down a little hill on the side of my property and I'm down on the riverbed. And uh, you can ride forever. Our daughter, Katie, is a she races she races trucks, and my husband is very involved with that. So we you know we love to travel with her and go to her races, and we just you know I mean and we're grandparents. Uh, I'm the grandmother to triplets. Oh my! So yeah, uh, I love I love to see you know the family. Um, most of my family now is all here in Arizona. So it's, it's nice to have them around. And um, I, I still love to write. I'm, I'm actually writing another uh, story that I'm hoping that David will 
will take over for me and write it into a script so we can make another movie together. Maybe we'll see how <laughs> Jesse does. I, I kind of got to recoup the, the piggy bank. You know, I owe my husband uh, big bucks. <laughs> well, there you have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's expensive being a, the only, well, oh, I can't say the only, we had several other executive producers, but um, my husband was the piggy bank. So like I said, I owe him big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, it pays back tenfold. <laughs> well, I hope so. Now you're going to laugh at this because I got my first um, royalty uh, report from our distributors and it was 10 cents. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna frame it there you go that's awesome yeah i mean i'm rolling in money oh gee. <laughs> what's funny about that so now that we have been involved in making a film every time we watch a, a movie you know we're like that must have cost a lot of money i mean when you know what goes on in making a film it's unbelievable just unbelievable yeah jeez. well do you have any advice for anybody that's trying to become an actor or trying to become an executive producer or writer you have any advice for them well i was always told when i when i went to um when i had acting lessons don't don't become a background actor um that's just the wrong way um i don't agree with that because there's some really notable actors that got their start in the background there's brad pitt um, Sylvester Stallone, Renee Zellweger, uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Bruce Willis, um, oh, and James Dean. I mean, you know, the classic. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's just what you have to do. Um, it teaches you humility. It's kind of like I, I've always said every woman at some point in her life should be a waitress because it teaches you humility. It teaches you how to work with people. Well, in the same way with background acting, you, you do, you, you learn to be humble. You learn to have patience. You wait for hours and holding. Sometimes you get out on the set. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you're, you know, featured. Sometimes you're in deep background, but um, if you really want to learn about the mechanics of acting, background acting is a great way to get started. Unless you're lucky enough to know somebody, then that's great too. Um, you know, I was non-union for a long time. And once I became SAG, then the background acting uh, parts were, were less and less because they want to use the non-union. They don't, they don't really want the SAG people. So um, if you want to be an actor, I, I really think, you know, go to your central casting and, and get a taste of it. So if you like it or not, uh, if you like writing, just start writing, take some, take some writing classes, uh, take script writing, um, and just, you know, if you have a dream, go with it. This movie was um, a dream for me. Um, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would make, you know, be responsible for making a movie. But uh, I just happened to be fortunate to meet some really wonderful people that were motivated, like David Maccabee. And um, he just ran with it. And before I knew it, I was knee deep in it. And, <laughs> you know, I learned about you know, being a location uh, person. And I learned all the different aspects of it. But I also le learned that that it's, you know, being in the limelight is elusive. 
you know, everybody gets their 15 minutes. Uh, it's been fun. If I don't get to do it again, I can say with pride I had, you know, I did it a good thing and I'm really proud of it. Absolutely. I love that advice. That's great. <laughs> uh, with this last little bit of the show, would you like to take a moment to tell people about the social medias that they can follow along with, like either you or for the love of Jesse or? Sure. Well, of course, Facebook. Everybody loves Facebook. Right. And uh, For the Love of Jesse has its own Facebook page. And uh, we have great uh, PR people. We have uh, Eileen Shapiro. And um, she has done just a great job of, of promoting our movie. We, our distributor is Bridgestone Multimedia. And they're doing a great job. And as of April, excuse me, May 1st, uh, the movie will be uh, digitally released. Uh, You will be able to see it on Amazon, uh, Hulu, Vudu, iTunes. uh, Let's see what else. Um, There may be more, but I may be missing them. But you can also purchase the DVD at Target, Walmart, or Best Buy. So I'm hoping, you know, I, I would love for people May 1st to go to Amazon and um, find it on Amazon and rent it and watch it. Uh, I think they'll like it so much they'll want to buy it. It's, it is just, a, it's a wonderful movie. It's one of those that just really touches your heart. And um, everybody that has watched it has watched it more than once. Well, I can tell you, it sounds phenomenal to me. I can't wait until the DVD gets here so I can watch it. And of course, I'll do my due diligence to uh, give you a review on it, which I'm sure if you're in it, it's oh, already a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much, Curta, for coming on the show today and telling me all about For the Love of Jesse. I hope that everybody goes and checks it out, and I know I'm going to. So thank you so much. Well, Ray, thank you for having me on the show it's it's been so much fun and um i just again i just encourage everybody please you know go on to your tv onto your 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 uh amazon itunes voodoo whatever and and watch it you're gonna really really enjoy it fantastic thanks oh yeah no problem Thank you to all the listeners who tuned in to check this out. We hope that you enjoyed the show today. Make sure to go check out For the Love of Jesse. I'm going to uh, do my best to post some links and give everybody a reminder when May 1st rolls around. So thank you all very much, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.